podcast, one of the shows for SB Nation's Ohio State site, Land Grant Holy Land. We are two girls talking about sports because our opinion counts too. I'm your host, Meredith Hine, and I'm thrilled to be joined today by my co-host, Tia Johnston. Hello. Hi. It's good to be back. It's great to have you back. How are things? (laughs) Things are good. Cam and I are expecting a baby in March, so things have been a little bit crazy, and I've been miserable, but I'm finally... I feel like I have life back in my veins finally, so. <laughs> so excited for you guys. Thanks. Yeah, it's, this news, it's, yeah, it, it made was my a life. little bit surprising news. And then at first I like didn't feel sick and I'm like, wow, people, why do people complain about this? And then, I don't know, it was like week six and it knocked me down. I was out for the count for like four weeks and... I'm like, this is our last child. It's going to be an only child. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm so glad that you're on the up and up now. Literally could not be more excited. (laughs) Thanks. But related, well, related to you and Cam, how many doggos did Cam and you get to save this weekend? We got five dogs. So five of Cam's punts were inside the 20 um at your home stadium of Chicago so that's one good thing to come out of that game which I was kind of like kind of rooting for the Texans but I also really wanted to see Justin Fields do well and like I know they Chicago won but he didn't look too hot I'm like man I didn't even get the best of both worlds like (laughs) I was like if Justin Fields has a great game and the Texans lose I can live with that but neither of those things (laughs) well on a positive note so Dave got to go to the game and like before the game like sent me pictures of Cam warming up and I was like oh look that's fun um but also like I was watching at home and the announcers were like I mean by Cam's like fourth like maybe his third or fourth punt they were like, he's really carrying this team right now. <laughs> he is. I always would like Twitter search his name and Texans fans are like, it's really sad that our best player is the punter, like, <laughs> which is always like a compliment to Cam. But I, I'm a, like, I don't think they're happy to be saying this. <laughs> I mean, you if you're on a team like the Texans, you got to invest in a good punter and they have. So yeah, yeah. You got to <laughs> cheer for what you can. And, you know, the good news is, is that the Texans just being what they are, Cam sees the field a lot and a lot of pups get their adoption fees paid for. So exactly. Silver linings, people. (laughs) Silver linings. Um, Well, anyway, Tia, so excited to have you on the show today. Obviously have a very exciting game to discuss uh, following Ohio State's win over Wisconsin Saturday. But before we dive in, we do have some hot topics. So first of all, Happy fall. Happy fall. Could not get here fast enough. It is crisp. I don't think it got above 60 degrees in Chicago yesterday. Chicago was freezing. I think Monday morning, my mom and I were walking to our car and I was like, I need a winter coat right now. Oh, (laughs) sorry. It's cold there. (laughs) I mean, Monday was like kind of like bitter, but yesterday dawned like cool and clear. And like not super windy. And then I haven't been outside today, but I did open a window for a brief moment and it feels lovely out. Um, 
But leaves are starting to change. We obviously are – we're like a good portion of the way through football season, which makes me a little sad. But like oh, don't we're getting that. to the portion where like we eat chili and wear sweaters. Yes. Which is my favorite part of sweater. There's nothing football. worse than like tailgating or going to a game and you're sweating. I'm like this doesn't feel right. I forget which game it was I went to with friends like – it was a September game, maybe like five years ago. And it was like, it was a non conference game, but we had really great tickets. So we stayed for the whole time, but we literally melted. So the worst. And, yeah. And we were going to like go out to dinner afterward and hang out. And like, we got back to my friend's apartment and just, I, we literally laid on her hardwood floor and just tried to cool off. Yeah. You're like, I'm just disgusting and I need to shower. <laughs> yeah. Certainly you're not – I'm not seeing the light of day after those types of things. But anyway, <laughs> uh, no more. We we now have the chilly weather. We can wear beanies. We can wear gloves. We can have hot cocoa for the noon game tailgates. Um, <laughs> I just – I could not be more thrilled. Obviously, Halloween coming up as well. I believe Hocus Pocus 2 comes out tomorrow. Is that um, tomorrow? It's it's this week. I can't remember if it's the 29th or the 30th, um, but just in time for spooky season. I haven't watched Hocus Pocus, the OG, yet this year. I've been trying to hold off. Yeah, I need to watch that before I watch the new one. Oh, for sure. I did see a Winifred Sanderson Halloween costume, and I briefly considered it for Ruthie. Um, for Ruthie. But alas, she's, she's a snail instead. <laughs> anyway. Um, moving on to sports topics. Uh, so the WNBA might be over again. Congrats to the Las Vegas Aces for winning Las Vegas's first title ever in professional sports. Um, but you know, we're rolling right into international play with the FIBA World Cup and the U.S. women's basketball team won its 27th straight game at that event. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, I think it wasn't, didn't they break the team record for consecutive wins because yeah it says here they haven't lost since the 2006 semifinals against Russia but before that they had won 26 in a row so wow they broke a record here which is incredible I mean it's just so neat to see like women's basketball I feel like since COVID has exploded I know like the WNBA is so cool now well I mean it's always been cool but I feel like I also think like Kobe had a little bit to do with that. And I, I don't, when did he die? Like 2019? Oh, it no, he died 2020, up. like two weeks before COVID. Okay, that's right. So kind of times up perfectly with that. But yeah, it's, it's a long time coming for sure. Yeah, uh, definitely exciting for the basketball team. Um, I've not been able to watch any of the games, but if I did, hopefully they're not on ESPN, which is my rough transition into our next topic. Um, so, uh, a writer for the athletic wrote about apparently during the Clemson wake forest football game, ESPN, like had a screen within a screen to talk about Aaron judge, um, being one who really does not care about baseball at all. I don't know what was going on with Aaron Judge. Apparently it was important. Um, but the writer was basically like, you just completely misread your audience. If people are tuning into the Clemson Wake Forest football game, they probably don't care about 
watching this. And I was so excited that this happened and so excited that someone else noticed because last week on Monday Night Football, there were two games. Yeah. And they kept like talking about the other game. And I was like, oh, is it coming up next? And it was like, no, it's coming up in 15 minutes. And it's going to be on ABC instead of ESPN. But they kept showing like a screen within a screen. And I'm like, I don't want to watch this other game. I want to watch yeah. the game that I have – I'm tuned into. Well, like so that article made a good point about there being social media now. So I don't know about you, but when I'm watching Ohio State, any game, I am on Twitter to keep up with everything else that's happening. Like I am going blind from all of the screen viewing I'm doing, but I – I know what's going on in the other games because of Twitter. And that's the same with every single person in the world now. So we don't need you to tell us what's going on. We know. But it is so funny you say, like, it must have been important with Aaron Judge because I thought that too. Apparently, like, the number 61 home run, like, that's what they were trying to get. It's not even a record. It just puts him at, like, I think seventh all time. Okay. So I thought it was like this huge number. Like it was going to make him the all time. Like I'm like you, I don't know a lot about baseball, but like I thought it was going to put him all time home run leader. No. Okay. So now I'm even more sense. upset. <laughs> well, that's just absurd. Well, call me old fashioned. I'm not on Twitter to like keep up to date. I just watched the bottom line and wait like for commercial breaks for highlights. Okay, like that is my perfectly sufficient for me. <laughs> I don't have to watch it live. I can find out ten seconds later. That too, yes. You and all of the other eighty-year-old senior citizens. I mean, I go to bed at like seven thirty, so <laughs> Same. Same. we're right there. <laughs> um, well, on to more positive things. I, this is going to be a brief discussion, but Jess Sims, the Peloton instructor turned college game day panelist, um, was at Tennessee last week. And did you see her getting to hold the coonhound pup? I sure did. <laughs> and then Sweet. I'm like, is that is that is that t- a Tennessee dog? Like, is that their mascot, if you will? I know they have a mascot, but. Um, I don't know if it's their official mascot, but uh, like they're like there's like a person in a dog suit. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, it's kind of like Reveille, the A and M dog, is the official mascot, like the golden. Yeah. Um. So I'm I don't like, know. did a fan just randomly hand her their dog, but it looks exactly like the Tennessee dog. So, I mean, adorable. It was a very cute dog. If it was official, if it was unofficial. It made me obviously cheer for Tennessee. Yes. Because <laughs> I'm a sucker. Um, it doesn't take much. Moving on. We can gush over dogs for hours, and we will. <laughs> um, so speaking of back to Monday Night Football, I actually didn't catch this, but when Dallas uh, was playing New York, Troy Aikman decided just to be a total jerk to Peyton Hendershot and to the Indiana Hoosiers. Joe Buck said that Hendershot was making the Indiana Hoosiers football program proud. And then Troy Aikman said, it doesn't take much, does it? I just... Why? I don't know. And then he, like, caught himself. He knew that he, you know, he knew what he said and immediately after was, like, something like, I'm sorry, that was uncalled for or something like that. I'm like, too late. (laughs) Yeah. You should know better. 
Well, on that note, can we address again why Troy Aikman and Joe Buck once again have another amazing opportunity when they're not even the best like combo of announcers in sports? I I have no idea. I don't I just don't get it. Like there's no diversity on that crew. Like it's just these two guys who have been on TV for like 57 years. <laughs> Repeatedly. If you could pick who would you put there? I mean, I would rather put Peyton and Eli in the booth. <laughs> For sure. Um, actually, no. And Jamie and I have talked – well, we talked about this before the season started. Uh, it was actually when the Big Ten meteorites deal got signed. Um, I cannot wait for Maria Taylor to get in the booth. When is that going to happen? Hopefully – like my dream would be because I have everything to do with making this happen, right? Um <laughs> It would be so amazing if, like, when USC and UCLA officially join um, and Big Ten goes to NBC, like, it feels like Saturday Night Football on NBC with Maria Taylor in the booth would be pretty amazing. Are there discussions? I haven't seen. Oh, no. This is just a pipe dream of mine. Yeah. No, yeah. That'd be incredible. We we can dream, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, that's that's who I would love in the booth. Um, also, like, I just – you know who I loved was Sean McDonough. Yes. I thought he was so – and Joe Tessitore. Um, I think both of them are great. Um, I think uh, – it was Joe Tessitore who was on Monday Night Football, I believe, with John Gruden, and that was just, like, the most awful, painful experience. Um, <laughs> but he was – it was either him or McDonough, but the other one was, you know, good. Gruden was just terrible. I, I, all of the announcers, I think, are just they just irritate me, and I think it's just because it's the same ones over and over. I, I know, like Kirk Herbstreit is good at what he does. I say what you want about him, but I'm like Amazon. You have all the money, and you're starting something new. Like, can't we also add new announcers? Yeah, right. You're you're trying to like redo the space, shouldn't you? Maybe start fresh with like new personalities as well. That was my and thought you bring on that. you bring Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit yeah. together for Thursday Night Football. <laughs> right. I mean, I, no offense to Al Michaels, like I think he's great. I actually thought though he was much worse on Thursday Night Football with Kirk than he was with Chris Collinsworth. Yeah, they obviously had that relationship for years, and then he had to reestablish a new one. And he's getting old, but like. Yeah. That being said, it's pretty amazing at what he can do, still do. Well, on that note, I thought Mike Chirico and Chris Collinsworth were a pretty killer combo on Sunday Night Football. Oh, agreed. It felt like Chris Collinsworth certainly didn't miss a beat, and I thought Mike Chirico did a really nice job. Yeah. Last thing before we dive into Ohio State, this was so scary. Um, Miles Garrett was involved in a single vehicle accident trying to avoid an animal on a wet road. Um, and flipped his car and was hospitalized earlier this week. I saw that story. And just based on like the news cycle last year, I was like, oh, God. And then it said that both he and his passenger had non-life-threatening injuries. So that is all I could care about because, you know, all of those tragedies last year involving cars and athletes, I was just like, please, God, no. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, exactly. But like you said, non-life-threatening injuries, Garrett. Uh, and I believe his passenger were both released from the hospital. Like, thank God for seatbelts, right? Yeah, because his car, if you guys want to look it up, it 
does not look it looks it looks like it should have been worse than it was yeah he i think they said he had lacerations a bicep sprain and like a tricep sprain or something like that um but just really great that he was able to you know leave the hospital that night that that happened and wishing him and his passenger all the best um but stay safe out there folks yeah scary scary place um well anyway on to happier topics uh tia and i actually had a really exciting experience over the weekend uh tia because you were in chicago and we got to watch an ohio state game together for the first time finally at long last i can't believe it's taken us so long well it was just really funny because i was I know you're a nervous watcher because we text during every game, but it yes. was just really exciting to see it in person, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I will say like we went to this crazy alumni bar and you could barely hear yourself speak, like let alone the person next to you speak and then the announcers so it was really hard I don't know how much like actual watching we did other than like looking up every once in a while because we were also catching up it had been a while Meredith and I hadn't seen each other in a while so give us a break but (laughs) we caught all of the important plays and you know otherwise we didn't really get to hear the game well I mean the good news about the game was that it was basically over before it started Thank God. If it was a close game and I like if I'm anywhere and it's a close game and I can't hear the announcers, I have to like actually leave the room and find a TV that I can hear. I could see you sitting in a sports bar with like AirPods. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) A hundred percent. Future state of Tia. Um no, it was it was definitely a challenge to hear, but you know we caught the highlights. Uh, I think we saw all of the first quarter touchdowns, and then Michael, or excuse me, Marvin. Har- I almost called him Michael Thomas. Marvin Harrison Jr.'s cleats. Good lord, uh, yeah, yeah, love him. Well, the fact that it was over so quickly. What did we learn about Ohio State against Wisconsin? Again, something that was supposed to be the biggest test up to this point this year. Yeah. Wisconsin always scares me because, you know, they they typically always have a good defense. Their run game's always pretty good. And yet, I don't know if that's there this year. Like, is it the same Wisconsin team as other years? It's kind of hard to say now. But going into this game, I was way more nervous than I should have been. And I think we learned, one, Cade Stover, holy crap. Like, on top of an absolutely stacked receiver room, we just also happen to have, like, one of the best tight ends we've ever had. (laughs) How is that fair? Do you want to brag on yourself a little bit for your prediction from several years ago? (laughs) Does Matt still edit these? Yeah, he sure does. Matt, are you listening? (laughs) So when I was first hired at Land Grant, Matt had us fill out, and I think he still does, like, these surveys where – He asks the staff all these questions, and I think one of them is like, what freshman do you think is going to be a breakout star? And I don't remember if it meant like that year or just like in that freshman's career, but I am 99% sure I put Cade Stover. What what year is he like? He's a senior, right? 
So maybe this was yeah, like four yeah. years ago. I think when I started, it, he was a it freshman. It could be six because COVID. Well, yeah. See, that year throws me off. But whenever he was a freshman, so that many years ago, and it took him this long. So I know if the question was like, if if it was supposed to be his freshman year that he broke out, then I was wrong. But he eventually did. And I just, I need to take credit. And I need to see if Matt still has that <laughs> survey. Yep. It took until September 2022, years and years later. We've been through so much, but. And it's so fun. Like, had to break out. Yeah. And I love having a tight end who we throw to. It's amazing. It's like we're in the early 2000s all over again. <laughs> um. Well, flipping or switching gears just a little bit, we learned, I think, a lot about Ohio State. Uh, in Dave's very cryptic words on Sunday, he said, I think they're unstoppable. Ooh. Um, which <laughs> Dave is not an Ohio State fan. We must add that. That is a no, non-biased he, opinion. <laughs> yeah. He, he wants me to be happy, but like also <laughs> he's an Iowa fan. So like Big Ten West, like very yeah, I, neutral. Um yeah. So anyway, Ohio State's unstoppable. Michigan played Maryland at noon on Saturday and was much less impressive than Ohio State. Yeah, for sure. I don't I didn't really get to watch that because we were bopping around Chicago, but you know, we were keeping up with the score and Because Twitter, because you can do that on Twitter, as we've discussed. Exactly. I don't I don't know what that means for Michigan. Like what, do we know much about how is Maryland? Do you know much about them? Well, Maryland was 3-0 and heading into the game, but 3-0 and against no FBS opponents. Yeah. Or excuse me, no Power 5 opponents, pardon me. Um, similarly, Michigan was also 3-0 and against zero Power 5 opponents. Yeah. So, and then, you I know. I know Maryland was generally selected to be like five through seven in preseason predictions in the Big Ten East. Um, so like mediocre at best. Yeah. Yeah. What did, so what did Michigan drop to after that? Uh, drop. That's cute. Michigan remains number four in the AP poll. Okay. But if it were Ohio state. Oh yeah. They would fall like a brick. We say this, they probably wouldn't. Um, but anyway, Ohio state and Alabama are like within, like a couple dozen points, I think. And then there's a drop off after the three spot to Michigan. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Points in the poll. Yeah, this this season's weird. It's like, and I was gonna hit on this when we talk about Georgia, but it was like at the beginning of the year after Georgia beat Oregon, it was and then Alabama barely beat Texas. It was like, okay, there's a clear number one, Georgia, and this was a couple weeks ago. And then it was like, okay, what's the what's the rest of the top four? There like wasn't really a clear because that was the game that like Notre Dame absolutely got demolished by whoever that was. So it was like, is does Ohio State get to be number two because their Notre Dame win doesn't look as good? So yeah, it's a weird it's a weird year for rankings. Tends to be. <laughs> yeah, we're true. still. I mean, we're still learning. Uh, I feel like given that we're just getting – like every team is just sort of getting a conference game under their belt, we'll figure things out a little bit more. Um, but, yeah, I agree. I think the fact that the Texas – like Alabama's win over Texas, Ohio State's win over Notre Dame, like maybe they don't mean what we thought they meant. Um, 
you know, it's it's definitely – Yeah. We'll see what it means in a few weeks, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, on that note, who do you think Ohio State's toughest remaining game is? Hmm. I guess – I'm still going to say Michigan just because it's all, it always is going to be. No matter what Michigan is ranked, no matter who they be, I – I guess I also have a little bit of PTSD from last year. <laughs> so Yeah. I, otherwise, I'd say Penn State. I'm going to go with Penn State just because it's on the road. It's Halloween. It's spooky season. And Penn oh, State's looked that. good this year. That's so true. I didn't realize it was there. Yeah. And I mean, like, I agree. Like, Michigan, what's the Dwight Schrute qu- quote? If you give them a taste of cat food producing, they'll be back for the whole cat. I feel like that's Michigan this year. (laughs) We beat Ohio State last year and like are probably still trying to set the record straight after the last like 15 years or so. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I I still feel like especially having seen how they performed against Maryland, maybe we'll see it's a wake-up call, but it feels like they'll be overmatched by Ohio State. I think so too. I hope so. I think that was a one-year fluke. Which I can I can handle one year. I don't know if I can handle two consecutive losses. No, so no, I can't certainly not. I don't think you. I don't think either of us have. Well, in my early lifetime, I did, but I don't really remember it. No, um, I do not remember at all ever. Oh God, we Amazing. let's not go there. Let's okay. not go there. It's too sad. Um, anyway, we've got more things from the Big Ten over the weekend and the NFL coming up. But first, we're going to take a short break, so stay with us. Welcome back, folks. Um, so we've talked about Ohio State. We've talked about Michigan. We've briefly addressed some other teams. Uh, but Tia, I wanted to pick a couple bones with you. Um, first of all, is Minnesota for real? Their senior running back, Mo Ibrahim, is second in the country with 567 rushing yards this season. In the country, not in the conference, in the country. And then the Golden Gophers rank second nationally in rushing yards. That's bananas. Like, Minnesota, this is a team that I often forget is in the Big Ten. (laughs) They're easily, I mean, by far the best on that side of the conference. So, no, I agree. It it feels like, especially given what we saw from Wisconsin against Ohio State, like, yeah, right. We'll we'll see how things go. Um, But yeah, Minnesota, like they they are looking good. Um, Not only is their offense very, very good, but actually their defense is good too. Um, Their scoring defense is second in the Big Ten, allowing just six points per game. They're second behind Iowa, um, who we'll recognize is skewed because they're Iowa. Yeah. Can I just – one fun fact about Iowa. Iowa is number one in the Big Ten in scoring defense. They allow 5.8 points per game. They're number 14 of 14 teams. In scoring offense, allowing 17 points per game. Hey, but where do they rank in punts? That's what you got to look at. <laughs> uh, hold on. I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> I mean, they they rank well in punts. Let's be honest. Actually, uh, Tory Taylor is third in the conference in punting. 
Um, sorry, wow. behind Michigan State and Maryland's punters. But he's averaging 47 yards per punt. Good Lord, Michigan State's punter averages 53 yards a punt. Holy – where are they punting from? <laughs> <laughs> the end zone? <laughs> that's the – I mean, that's the real question. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Or he's just punting touchbacks every punt for the for the average. Yeah. All right, Tia. So for the last bit, I'm going to let you choose your own adventure. Do you want to talk about Georgia, Kent State, <laughs> Oklahoma losing to Kansas State, or USC scraping by with an with a win over Oregon State? I I, I want to say Georgia versus Kent State because I think that has more to do with Ohio State. The only thing I'll say about Oklahoma and Kansas State is, isn't this a recurring thing? Like, Kansas State beats Oklahoma often. It's just kind of yeah. like they just know how to do that, and that's all they know how to do. But it's it's nice <laughs> for them. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of like Purdue versus Iowa or Northwestern versus Iowa. Um, Kansas State definitely seems to be Oklahoma's bogeyman. I think they've won three out of the last four against the Sooners. Um so yeah. Um yeah, good for them. We'll go with Georgia Kent State then. Uh what are your feelings about how this impacts Ohio State? I was like I was just thinking about this. Like I think a really interesting TV show would be for the committee to like go through their process of ranking because I'm there has to be like a method to their madness other than the scores in a game and then who people are playing, there has to be like some sort of system because I don't think Georgia's wins or schedule has been that more impressive than Ohio State's. And yet they're still number one after that. Whereas like, didn't Ohio State fall after beating Notre Dame? They sure even, did. Yeah. Um, even more Alabama so than Georgia beat Kent State. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I just think... Like, why are they still ranked number one? Yeah. I mean, I tend to agree. It's troubling that Georgia can skate by, you know, barely beating Kent State. No offense to Kent State. I'm sure you're fine. Yeah. No, they're not the worst this season. Like, but no. But I feel like folks are, and they should. Oregon is still a good team, and Georgia absolutely demolished them. Um, And so I think folks are still saying, well, if we're looking at the highlights of the non-conference is like beating Oregon is more important than barely beating Kent State. Um, So in that sense, I get it. But you'd think that there would be some sort of like recency bias that would impact Georgia. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I I don't know. I think they only I'm saying only, but they only beat Samford, who I don't know much about 33 to zero. Like Ohio State put up 77 against Toledo. I don't like what is the how much weight is the committee putting on things? And obviously they're looking at skill and players. I just think it would be super interesting for them to have like a program, a program like 100 years old where they explain <laughs> their process. <laughs> I can't believe Do you want a trifold brochure? I would. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, wrapping up, so Ohio State uh, has an opportunity to prove itself this weekend against another conference opponent, maybe put itself ahead of Georgia uh, because the Buckeyes are playing Rutgers. 
Um, what are your thoughts for the game and final score prediction? Um, my thoughts are it's Rutgers, and I know Ryan Day said they're better than other years, but like, what what does that mean? And <laughs> because Ohio State is like forty one, I think forty one point five point favorites. Yeah. We are just as favorite against Rutgers as we were against Arkansas State. Okay. That's rude well, to Rutgers, in my yeah. opinion. Ryan Day can be as nice as he wants. I think Ohio State wins 50 to 10. I think Ohio State will win. I think they perhaps may cover. Um, however, I, I agree with Ryan Day. Rutgers is better. But what that means is Ohio State cannot sleepwalk through this game. Um, one other thing I'm going to point out is that Rutgers has a really good punter, as we saw against Iowa last week. <laughs> oh, gosh, well, the Big hey. Ten. Did you so see? So. <laughs> Someone made a Big Ten highlight reel, like, after the new meteorites still got announced, and they were like, Big Ten excitement coming to Fox, CBS, and NBC, and it was just a compilation of puns being downed inside <laughs> the five. Um, I might be biased, but that is very exciting stuff. Okay. It is my favorite part of NFL games. (laughs) I feel like similar to like it being fall, I feel like Midwesterners also go crazy for great punting. Yeah. Thank you. Makes a huge impact. (laughs) It, It sure does. Um, and I mean like Dave again, Iowa fan, again, bottom of the conference and scoring offense. He he gets really excited over puns. That's what he watches games for now. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> do we? Anyway, um before we wrap up the show, Tia, do you have any shout outs? Shout out to you for adopting a new baby girl. <laughs> I know I probably broke your shout out, but <laughs> well, we have a new addition in the Hine household. Her name is Lucy. Yes. And she's perfect. Similar to Tia's uh, second doggo, Lucy was a breed mama at a mini golden doodle breeder, and she was rescued from – it was a hoarding puppy mill situation. Um, she's eight – and she's very shy, but Ruthie is being such a perfect big sister and helping her along. And I'm like, my heart is warmed just like watching them interact. And I finally got to meet them on Saturday and my heart has been full ever since. You say finally. We had had Lucy for maybe three hours at that point, <laughs> okay, but, but you I did finally get to meet Ruthie. Ruthie. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm going to stay on the dog theme. Once again, we can't not talk about dogs, but shout out to you and Cam because like five puppers saved this weekend. That's pretty amazing. It's a lot. Love it. That's all we have for today. As a reminder, you can follow Tia at Tia Johnston, me at Meredith Hine, and the site at LandGrant33. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening to Play Like a Girl, and as always, go Bucks.